Welcome to New Piney Grove Baptist Church, where one of our core values is Christian education. Let's tune in to this week's message. This message is geared towards, the, again, the, the seniors. So I want you to kind of think with me and don't be like what Reverend Rouse is indicating. The only thing that can be said about us is that we died. Many of you older saints will probably be familiar with the saying, the patience of Job. Well, actually, that has biblical roots. It is expressed in James 5, verses 10 through 11, referring to a person that exhibits great endurance doing all kinds of trial. It has a sense of persevering in the face of overwhelming hardships. But I wanted to bring to your attention this morning that Job's patience was because of his integrity. The word integrity is recorded several times in the Bible, but four times in the book of Job, second only to some. But this word integrity in the Hebrew has several applications. I want to just bring one thing because in this context, it's best rendered as not Confused in mind. I want to say that again. Not confused in mind, and it implies to outside circumstances. In other words, you know who you are no matter what's going on around you. In actuality, it's a state of moral righteousness and innocence, which one, Fred, is, 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 uh, is the person is unwilling to compromise. In other words, no matter what's going on in your life, there are certain things that you're just unwilling to compromise on. And this certainly applies to Job. And I'll talk to you seniors a moment. The trials of life does not discriminate. You young people, you hear me. The trials of life don't discriminate, whether you're young or old. I want you to also understand, mature saints, that Job was not a young man when he went through the trial. So oftentimes we live and we think we're going to get, when we get to a certain point in age, that all that trouble and mess is behind us. Not so. The Bible does not tell us, nor history tells us how old Job was, but he lived long enough to achieve greatness over his many years of life. In fact, the Bible says he was very wealthy. It calls him the greatest man of all the East. Job had ten grown children, which ensured his future. Sons were like Social Security, and Job had seven of them. But he also had sheep. Sheep provided clothing, companionship. He had camels. Camels were the new thing. They could travel from one end of the desert to another. He had cattle which provided milk and food. He had donkeys which provided labor, the beast of burden. 
And the Bible said Job had many servants, but within minutes, all that Job had worked for all his life to sit back and be and, and enjoy life and be easy was lost. In addition to losing his children and his wealth, Job lost his health, which cut off his ability to recover his losses. But Job never lost his integrity. He was never confused in mind by these outside circumstances to who he was. In spite of all that Job had endured, he was unwilling to compromise. Hear me now. Job was a godly man, but what he was experiencing in his mind was punishment reserved only for those who are ungodly. While Job did not understand and even became frustrated to the point that he even accused God of treating him unfairly, Job validated God's faith in him by not compromising. See, the text revealed that there was something going on spiritually behind the scene. And I want you really to get this more than anything else. There's something going on behind the scene. which was that the cause of Job's suffering. And just maybe, somehow, way, some of the hell that you are going through today, something else is going on behind the scene. Let's, let's kind of re-examine the text and y'all follow with me now. As we look at what was read responsibly, Again, Job chapter 2, verse 3. And the Lord said to Satan, Have you, meaning Satan, considered my servant Job? Notice what the Lord says about him. That there is none like him on the earth. He put Job in a category all by himself. Then he identified a blameless and upright man who reverence or fear God and turn away from evil. Get this now. He still holds fast his integrity, although you, Satan, incite me, God, against him to destroy him without reason, without reason, without reason. Sometimes what you're going through ain't your fault. It happens because it happens. Because God has decreed it. There is no reason in rhyme to this. But this is the second time that Satan and the Lord has had a conversation about this upright man. In verse 6 of chapter 1, we read that all the angelic beings were summoned to come and give an account before God. And Satan is there also. They're giving an account of their service to God. So if Satan is there also, he has to give an account. In verse 7, God asks Satan, what have you been doing? I mean, King David said, where are you coming from? The conversation implies something that we have to kind of read into. Satan 
is an angelic being, but he's a fallen one. So, since the gifts and calling of God without repentance, Satan now has a relegated duty. What is his duty? To test the faith of man's allegiance to God. The very word Satan means adversary. His daily duty is to come before God and telling him that you and I are not worthy. So he is. And when he says, I've been looking all in the earth. God says, you want to test somebody? Have you considered my servant Job? That was the first congregation. Conversation. During this conversation, Job did something. Job countered God's assessment. Satan countered Job's God's assessment of, of Job. God, you call him a up, just upright, just man who stays away from evil. But there's a reason. You have given them all this stuff. Seven sons, three daughters, sheep, camels, mules, donkeys, servants, and all that. Who wouldn't serve you if you had all this stuff? But if you take away everything of material value you gave to him, he will curse you to your faith. Now, Deacon Walker, Jeremy, here, here's another one of those language words you're really going to have to look at. The word he used, curse, is the Hebrew word barak. Now, I know some of my musicians and, and choir people, those of Pentecostal background, know what barak means. They even had a record that sold hundreds of thousands, barak the Lord. The word literally means blessed. Y'all hold on now. But occasionally, this word can be used in a sarcastic manner. How many of you old folks have ever heard the term, I'm going to bless you out? Or she blessed me out? We're just saying that because we're saying we're going to curse somebody, right? Well, this is where it came from. So that's something you can learn. You can take back so I learned something in church today. But Barak also is used as an act of treason. God, you take everything that you've given him away. He is going to perform that act of treason. He is going to literally bless you out. In spite of Job's losses, Inspired by Satan, Job did not curse God. Job held on his integrity. In fact, Job looked at all he had lost. And y'all get this now. He looked at all that he had lost. And he said, naked, I came into this world. Naked, I'm going out. The Lord God give it, and the Lord God take it away. And guess what he said? Bracket be the name of the Lord. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Boy, we can ever get to the point that when we ain't got nothing, 
that we can still say, bless it! Be the name of the Lord. On this second encounter, chapter 2, God reminds Satan, you have failed. I took everything that you told me to take from Job, and he encouraged me. In fact, he blessed me even more. God told Satan he still hold fast. He still maintain his integrity. He still ain't confused in mind by outside circumstances. So now let's look at this second request. Chapter 2, verse 4 and 5. And it says, Satan answered the Lord and said, skin for skin. Yes, all that a man has, he will give for his life. However, put forth your hand now and touch his bone and his flesh. He will curse you to your face. Satan accused Job of being self-centered and self-righteous. A man who was only concerned by his own well-being. Who would do anything to save his own skin. He ain't care nothing about his children. He's still alive. Ain't nothing happened to him. He ain't care nothing about all them animals you get, but let me deal with his body. Some of us older saints are getting there now. This body just don't work like it used to. And like they said this morning, and we make excuses for not serving him. Because we don't became confused in our mind. Satan's comment was a challenge of faith, Maurice Sr., in God. It was a challenge of one's faith in their God. And y'all hear me now. Hear me good. And God will always take up that challenge. He will always take up that challenge. Why? Because one spiritual principle about this, about faith, is that it must be tested. Faith is not faith. Until it is tested. If it's not tested, it's only a concept or it's only word. That is why the Hebrew writers wrote, it is impossible to please God without faith. Now for some of you that are praying, I want to please God, guess what, you're going to go through something. Because it ain't your ministry it ain't your gift that pleases God. It's your faith that pleases God. And your faith is going to have to be tested. And that's what happened with age. We get older. We think we got an excuse. Something happened. Knees don't work right. Back stiffen up. Oh, you're still going to serve me. 
He's just testing your faith. So because it was a challenge that God was always going to send, he told Satan, okay, he's under your limited authority, but you can't touch his life. Yeah, Job lost much, but not his integrity. Nevertheless, because Job would not compromise his integrity, because he wouldn't get confused in mind by outside circumstances, it cost him something. And it's going to cost you as well. Young and old, it's going to cost you something. There's four things that I want to run by you that cost Job. It may be more, but these are what the Lord revealed to me. Number one, and this one's yet to hit below the belt. It caused him trouble in his marriage relationship. We read in the verse 9, chapter 2, Then his wife said to him, Do you still hold fast your integrity? Curse God and die. Hold up a minute. Miss Job has been criticized quite a bit. Why don't you look at a different viewpoint? Look at her point of view. First of all, she had lost kids too. She was still grieving for her children. They had gone from rags, I mean from riches to rags. He lost everything. They didn't have anything. Plus being a woman, she probably was being isolated by Job now. So she couldn't get any physical affection from Job. Or maybe. Maybe her love for her husband. Who had so many balls on his skin you couldn't even recognize him. He was taking something like seashells to bust those blisters. Maybe her love for him made her say that. She saw death for her husband as a blessing, maybe. So it's going to cost you some time. It's going to cause you in some strain and stress in your marriage relationship when you don't become confused in mind by outside circumstances. Number two, cause him rep his reputation among the community. Four, six of Job. It's not your fear of God, your confidence, and your integrity, your way of hope. Job had three friends who came to comfort him. Job was in such a mess when they saw him, they tore their clothes. They didn't recognize who he was. And for seven days, they just sit there and said nothing. But you know, these three men have been looked at in a negative light as well. I want you to think of a view, different viewpoint with them as well. All their lives, they had been taught that the righteous do not suffer. They probably had scripture like, 
I've been young and I've been old and I've never seen the righteous forsaken nor begging bread. So they put God in a box built by their own theology. That's all they knew. And sometimes we can get locked up in our own theology and begin to criticize people. But like Job, they didn't know what was going on behind the scene. Chapter 4 record, one of the friends, Eliphaz, response after Job had said something like this, I wish I was never born. Cursed the day that I was born. Why did my mother just close up her legs? Why didn't I die? And Eliphaz rebuked Job by saying, Job, now you don't counsel a lot of people in your day. You don't encourage a lot of people that will suffer. But now you're going through the same thing and you can't deal with it. Eliphaz told Job that he was responding to a situation with dismay and confusion instead of confidence and hope. And Eliphaz channeled Job in two aspects. His reverence of God and the integrity of his ways. Eliphaz and other three believed that Job was innocent. His confidence would be evident. You innocent? Why are you going through all these changes? But what was evident to the three friends was that Job was suffering. So they came to a conclusion, Job, you must be guilty of some unrighteousness against the Almighty. Thus you are lying. And many people in the community, when they heard and they saw this, they looked at Job like, you are a hypocrite. You are a hypocrite. You told me to do X, Y, Z when I was going through. And now you're talking about one, two, three when you were going through. You're not using the same measuring table. But in spite of Job maintained his cause and would not compromise even when he did not understand why God would allow him to go through everything he was doing. He's quoted saying this in 1315. Though he slay me, yet will I trust him. I don't know what's going on. I don't know why. But I'm not going to lose my integrity. I'm not going to become confused in mind. He's still God. Number three, it calls him his prestige among friends. Verse 27, 5. Chapter 27, verse 5, rather. Far be it me from me to say that you are right. Till I die, I will not put away my integrity from me. Despite Job's friend continual relentless accusation, Job refused to admit that he had unconfessed sins of life. I want you to look with me in some of the things that they say Job possibly done to cause all this suffering. Number one, they say you've probably been taking pledges of loan without giving people time to pay you back. Take a pledge of something like taking your coat or taking your hat or taking the cow or taking your house. And he didn't give them time to take it back so he owned the possession. Number two, they said you're not being hospitable to strangers. That's a requirement for the Jewish nation. Number three, he said, you're not caring for the widows and offer. You're keeping all this money for yourself. And they also accused him of not being faithful to his wife. If you read all 42 chapters of Job, you'll find 
Job's response to all of these. But despite Job's defense of all these allegations, they did not believe Job was being truthful. They believed that Job was lying and they began to lose respect for him. And sometimes worldly people are going to lose respect for you when you're trying to do the will of God. But to Job, these allegations was an insult to his character and his integrity. So he was willing to allow that cost to be a part of him. Number four, it caused Job his confidence and his hope in divine justice. Verse 31, chapter 31, verses 5 and 6. If I have walked in falsehood and my foot has hastened to deceit, let me be weighed in just balance and let God know my integrity. Another charge that Job's friend leveraged against him was being dishonest in business affair. The charge was using scales with unbalanced weight which always weighed in Job's favor. Job proclaimed his innocence and stated, God knows the truth, that only his divine balance scales could measure his integrity. But get this. Job's worry indicated there was no profit in being faithful to God. I want you, want you to follow this now. Job had been faithful in all his doing. Even God acknowledged that. But Job felt he had been faithful for nothing. I've been doing this all of my life for you. And then I pray to you and I can't hear you. What good did it do? I've been faithful and now I ain't got nothing. And I look at the drug dealers, they got cars and houses that I only wish I had. But get this, Kay. Although Job had given up on God, God had not given up on Job. And because of Job's integrity, God blessed him with twice as much as he had lost. He's able. The last word in the book of Job, the last two verses, 42, 16, 17, said this, friend. And after this, Job lived 140 years, but didn't stop there. He said, and he saw sons, and his son's sons, Four generation tells me that those three daughters that he had were the most beautiful women in the world. And then it said, and Job died. An old man and full of days. How do we apply this to our lives? MPCs. In life, there are many things that we lose. Our health, our friend, our loved one. Some of us may even lose our mind. 
but we should maintain our Christian integrity. But in doing so, it's going to cost us. Something's going to cost y'all some sleep. I'm telling y'all right now. I remember a cost is not a loss. A cost is not a loss. Don't confuse the two. No matter what we go through, we should not lose our integrity. Y'all listen to me? Our age should not be an excuse to compromise our faith or our morals. Nor should our age be an excuse for disobedience, complacency, passiveness, or laziness. As long as you can walk, walk. And if you can't walk, then you get a cane-like run. A cane won't work, you get a chair like Eddie. But don't use that as an excuse. <laughs> Hear me now. As seniors, we are mentoring a new generation. And we may need some new techniques, I know a lot of y'all don't like this, to reach and teach them. But God's word has not and will never change. Can I give you an example? The first phone that I remember was a crank phone. You crank it to get the electricity so it goes through. Then there was an operator phone. You pick the phone up and say, operator, give me this or that. And then they advance to a rotary dial. And then you have a push button phone. And then that gave way to cordless phone. Today we got cell phone. But when we answer the phone, we say the same thing we've been saying with the crank phone. Hello? We may have different rings, but the purpose is still the same. Answer the phone. We still communicate. Can I get personal and then I'm closing? Young people, you may call me old-fashioned, but my integrity is renewed day by day. Young people, you may call me out of touch with reality, but my integrity is revelant. Young people, you may call me old fogey, but my integrity is my foundation. Young people, you may call me senile, but my integrity is solid. I must work the work of him who sent me while it is day. Because when the nighttime comes, no man can work. And I'm going to leave you with this in Job 1.14. If a man die, shall he live again? All the days of my appointment time, I will wait. I say, I will wait. I will wait till my change comes. And I'm not going to wait at home either. I'm going to serve the Lord till I can't serve anymore. Will you stand with me, please? You ain't too old to go to hell. I'm just going to put it blank to you. You ain't too old to go to hell. 
It's still open for business. And you ain't too young to go either. Fred told us about Methuselah living 969 years. And he died. Who you gonna trust in when you die? Thanks for listening. We pray that you have been blessed by the message. Visit us on the web at npgbc.org for contact information, service times, or directions to our place of worship.